Welcome to the Business of You podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Gogos. This podcast is dedicated to helping you uncover how to turn your big idea into big business and grow your personal brand into the business of your dreams. Each week, I'll talk to founders of all kinds of businesses, exploring how they launched and grew their companies. Behind every successful business is an epic journey, one that can serve as a roadmap to help you grow yours. The Business of You is all about frank conversations and unique business wisdom for the entrepreneur. It's a chance to tune into the story behind the brand and retrace the path of those who walked this road before you so you can pave your own road to success. Welcome to the Business of You. Welcome to another episode of The Business of You. Today we are featuring none other than John Erhard, who is the CEO and founder of a company called Orson. Orson is the first platform created to enhance human connection by sharing your authentic self through automated video storytelling. Remember Orson Welles back in the day? Well, the company Orson is actually named after him. If you don't know who Orson Welles was, definitely Google him after you're done listening to this episode. But John is also a seasoned producer in the unscripted or reality television industry. He has over two decades of experience, and he has worked with almost every single major network there is out there. Orson is an amazing tool that eventually you'll be able to use with capturing the stories of loved ones, older loved ones. It can be used in finding your spouse. It can be used in building the culture and the connection amongst your remote team. There are so many applications to Orson, and it is a very, very cool tool. So I highly recommend you listen to today's episode of from John Earhart, not only his personal story, but also how Orson has been developed and evolved into a software that I have no doubt will eventually be globally recognized. I hope you enjoyed today's episode with John on The Business of You. John, welcome to the show. So great to have you on today. Thank you so much. Great to be here. Well, I am super curious to hear about your background. Even just in our pre-chat, sounds like you've had an interesting journey in the unscripted television world. Um, So as we dive in, we'd love to hear where you grew up and how you got into what you're doing today and everything in between. Sure. Uh, Originally from Chicago, I moved to Orlando, Florida uh, when I was about 13. Uh, I convinced my parents to homeschool me when I was 15. Wow. And because I had an opportunity, uh, I had a relative that worked in television and worked on the Mickey Mouse Club at the time and convinced them so I could do high school on the weekends and work full time. And this relative wasn't a, well, anyway, I don't want to out my relative who, <laughs> who basically allowed me to work full time, but I started working in television at 15 years old, part-time, 16 full-time. And Mickey Mouse Club was my very first show ever with Justin and Brittany and Ryan Gosling. Wow. And all them. It was an inc- incredible uh, way to start my career in television. Um, did the last three seasons of that show before it ended. Um, and shortly after that, got into uh, unscripted television. Um, 
and met my wife, who was an MTV executive who left and uh, we started a production company together based out of Orlando. And we were, we started an unscripted, basically, uh, before reality TV really existed. Mm-hmm. It was still coming out of like docu-series and, and uh, there's an old show at MTV called True Life, which was like these hour docs that following really interesting stories. So we started that and then did a ton of MTV shows and VH1 and then expanded out and uh, did uh, for the last 25 years, I guess, uh, did shows for probably every network under the sun. You can imagine every topic from serial killers to celebrities to families to you name it. And um, it was an incredible ride. And then, yeah, then that brought, brought, brought me to where we're doing now. But that was my television background. That's amazing. So when you were working with Brittany and that crew, were you behind the scenes on the production side? I was. I was on the production side. Oh, what a great education that was. It was. What was, was really interesting is I was their age, but I was on the production side. So I I, I was behind the camera, but socially, I I would go to the, all the cast party. I was I was hanging out with them socially, but working yeah. on behind the camera, which was a really interesting, fun experience. A lot of great people there. So. Very, very cool. Are you still in touch with them today? Some of them, yes. Yeah, yeah. Some of them, yes. Fun. That was when TV was 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 good, right? It's changed so TV much. Was over TV this. back then. Yes, oh, totally. So, tell me about the journey to to founding Orson. What inspired you to start it, and when did you start it? Yeah, it was a, a COVID startup story. I'm sure mm-hmm. you've heard a lot of those. Um, so, COVID hit. I was had a lot of time on our hands while production was frozen. And realized I, I, had, I had sort of a double epiphany. One was that I had spent my entire life. What I, I thought I had spent my entire life in the television business, and what I realized is it was really in the human connection business. Because what I was paid to do was uh, take a real person, a regular person, and make millions of people fall in love with them within minutes, basically, right? And and we do that by just helping to share their story. And realized like that was pretty powerful. It made me feel better about working in reality TV most of my life. But really, at the end of the day, it was the power. This 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 reality. This this thought of like, wow, the power of people's stories and how that's really how we all connect fundamentally. That's why we're best friends with who we're best friends with. Why we marry mm-hmm. who we marry is 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 under learning about people's stories. It's how we get we inspire people. It's how we have empathy for people. How we relate, and then also uh, realizing how people suck communicating in general and we all and most of us are, are naturally suck at storytelling and especially telling our story right and i was like okay well it's a really interesting that was one epiphany the second epiphany was that i'm like man i'm the carpenter who fixes everybody else's house but like i'm not fixing my own house mm-hmm. like my iphone photo reel looks just like everybody else's i've got four kids i've got a bunch of kids running around soccer fields and blowing out candles and jumping in lakes but I don't have the story of my kids' personalities evolving. I don't. I had a 96-year-old grandmother at the time before she passed away. I'm like, I don't have her story captured. Mm-hmm. My father-in-law before he passed away was my, my dad. And like, all, I'm like, what am I doing? So COVID was there. I was like, I got to start doing this. So manually, I just started doing stuff. I did these Mother's Day videos, which I can never do a Mother's Day video, a Mother's Day again without give, making that the gift where the kids get interviewed and, and all these oh, things. Oh, that's awesome. I did yeah, I did these like documentaries on family members and with everything I did, the family would share it with a ton of other people. And then the feedback, I was like, everybody's like, this is so incredible. I want this for my kids. So anyway, I'm like, yes, I totally get the power of it, but 
even me, and I know how to do this really well, and I could do it pretty fast. It's still very time consuming, yes. very laborious process. And so I was like, there has to be a way of automating what we do in unscripted and, and, and going down that path. And so we, we basically set on a journey, raised a bunch of money, put together a killer team to put a science to what has always been an art of unscripted. And, mm-hmm. and part of that science really of unscripted is, um, especially with AI, the interesting with AI is AI tackles scripted much easier because it has a data set it can pull mm-hmm. from of a, of a gajillion stories to say, make me a story about X or do this. And it can craft that. The problem with unscripted is you don't know where the story is going until you start on the journey. And it has to do with interviewing people, right? Because if, if I just told you, I said, hey, Rachel, uh, write, tell me your life story or write me, write me a life story book. That's a very stressful thought to think about doing yes. because you have to figure out how to craft or whatever. But if I just sat down like you're doing to me and you start asking me questions and I'm answering you, th- that's really the fundamental Art of un, of unscripted is directing people, and it has to be human to human. You can't direct people in text form, because part of directing is emotionally connecting with somebody, mm-hmm. priming them. There's a lot of psychology and like getting them in the mental state you need them in. If, if if you're trying to tell them, have them tell a fun story with big energy, I'm going to direct you with like, okay, listen, we're going to do it to be fun, and like I'm mir- I'm going to start mirroring you to get you into that place. But if I'm going to take you on a path to talk about something really deep and emotional that you've got stuff with, I'm going to open up first to you. I'm going to share some stuff that I went through and get you there. And I'm going to bring my voice down and I'm going to lean into this and, you know, make you feel comfortable and then get you to a place where you can be very authentic and open and raw. Right. And so we, that was the hardest part of the science piece of trying to, how you automate that at scale not knowing who the person you're going to be talking to is, and it has yeah. to be an automated director. So we set it on that journey. Uh, we knew it was going to be difficult. It was way more difficult than we thought. It took us almost two years to crack the code. And then AI fell into our very lucky laps in Q4 of last year. And um, and at the time, we were building it purely alg- algorithmically to start. We always knew AI was going to be on that roadmap, but generative AI wasn't. At the prime when we started was not where it was, and so uh, that's really helped accelerate the ability to direct people and create an AI director and be able to help tell stories for a ton of different purposes. Basically, yeah, that's amazing. So, how does the AI director work? Because you mentioned that the human to human connection is so important in this, and like really pulling a story out of a person. Mm-hmm. How yeah. how have you uh, personified the AI? So the AI director is, there's two, we have two directors. We have an automated director, which is live right now. And we're still training the AI director. It's, it's okay. we're testing, it's in beta in the background. The uh, the way we did it with the automated, I'll explain that first. I'll tell you the AI. Yeah. Uh, the automated director, it, it has to do with, uh, people think that storytelling, especially in unscripted, is like, you have to be a storyteller to do what we do. That's only 50% of it. The other 50% that's equally as important that most people don't talk about is understanding audience and purpose. Mm. So if, if, if like, what is the story you're trying to tell and for what purpose and for yeah. what audience? Because I could do a show on you for Food Network, for Lifetime, for yeah. CNBC, right? It's still you, but the stories I focus on, the energy I put that with, how I craft that story depends because I know the audiences I'm talking to are different and they like to right. hear the stories different than I can, right? So, uh, so the way we do with the automated director is if I want to do a life story, we basically boil down life stories to do a mini documentary. 
of things that are fundamentally true for all people. And, and there are fundamental truths that every human sort of experiences. And so we, we record a director and test this through tons and tons of people so we can make sure it works for different backgrounds and all these different statuses. And ask and, and prime the, and so the director is pre-recorded. It has this, you know, primes you, asks you the question. The person, you know, answers it. They can do as many takes as they want, and it walks them through an interview process. And then at the end of the interview, the software automatically edits that, puts music, it scores it, puts graphics, title, wow. pictures, blah, blah blah, and it gives you back a video. Like within, you know, a, a mini documentary that's twenty minutes, you'd have it back in an hour. It just, it'll zip it back after it's processing it. Um, with the AI director, what's so magical about that is the AI director is trained on whoever the director is. So uh, it, it listens. So it's facial emotional rec- uh, recognition. So it's watching how you're when you're when you're listening to the director, it picks up on visual cues of if, if we stumbled onto something that was either we triggered something so we yeah. can read that just like you were directing. And it listens to your answer and then can do follow-up questions. So we trained the, the, the AI director to say, we're trying to get this as the ultimate goal of this part of the story. So depending on what you pick up, ask follow-up questions within this, this construct and based off the recognition to take the story where it needs to go to achieve this goal. And then once you achieve that goal of the story, then we move to the next sort of arc, the next act of the story. And then it progresses down this, this line. And so that is the like mind blowing thing. And the crazy thing about that is the AI director is going to allow us to even tap into celebrity directors. So imagine being able to have your life story told by, let's say, Martin Scorsese, or have you know, because we could we could go take Marty and yeah. say, hey, we'd have this bring what Marty wants to do, train it on his his version of the AI director, and now you can replicate really famous talented directors of all different walks and different kinds. And, and by the way, not just directors, you could do this with a Oprah. You could do this oh, with, yeah. you know, Tony Robbins, Ellen. Joe Rogan, mm-hmm. you, Ellen, yeah. like, you know, for whatever that purpose is, you know, just interviewers and, and who you connect with. And that's, by the way, that's another piece of the directing is connecting with the person. Right. And yeah. so to be able to, I want to tell my story, but select the director that you connect with because of their demeanor, this, you have a connection with them because there's somebody famous that you admire or whatever it sure. is. So yeah, it's, it's fascinating. The AI director is like, it, it is mind blowing. It, 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 it spooks me out to, you know, it's just, just experiencing that back and forth. It's, it's yeah. fascinating. Yeah. So when, um, you're on the screen, right? I'm assuming these are done through mm-hmm. remote. Does if you pick a celebrity director, Joe Rogan, does that director look like that person too, or sound like them? Yeah, I mean, we don't have celebrities in here now, just to be totally clear. But that's what that you would be able to do. That so it would be, uh, you know, for uh, from a business standpoint, we would do a deal with said celebrity, and we would go record a basic a baseline of whatever the premise of the story strips are. And then the AI is manipulated so that it can take their baseline interview and totally tailor it to it. So it talk to you as your name. It's that it looks like them. It talks like them. Their lips move. It's, it's a seamless interaction. It, it's, it's phenomenal. It sounds amazing, especially the ability to read facial expressions. Mm-hmm. How is that programming done of the AI? We're using, we are leveraging about 17 different models currently, different, 17 different AI models that are plugged into our sort of foundational model. Um, 
what's interesting is of all the advancements of AI that exist today, there's amazing tools that are out there, but there's sort of a gap that exists, which is uh, something we're building a training called the good answer model. And it's sort of the foundation of uh, leveraging uh, a bunch of very specific models that already exist that do great things, but what they don't do really well is this, this unique aspect, which is, okay, I got, I, I have great facial recognition software that can detect emotion. We don't need to build that, but what emotion it's detecting and what to do with that information goes into our model. So we use multiple different models that plug into ours. We take that and then our AI model takes and interprets that and, and uh, determines what the follow-up questions are, what the goals are, what it's trying to achieve. And then there's a different AI model that manipulates the director, AI director to okay. talk and, and interact with the person. So. Oh, so you're learning a lot about software programming, it sounds like. Yes, too. a lot. Yeah. I wish yeah. I could code. I, I wish I could go back in time and learn how to code. That's the one thing I, you know, coming from TV, I, I knew how to do every position in, this, in yes. this role. It's fascinating. I wish I knew the coding piece, but luckily I've got an amazing team around yeah. us that knows that part very well. So. Right, right. Is there any negative to um, this AI director as, as you talk about the potential of what that will be like at one point, mm -hmm. I guess just in a world where um, CGI has become so prominent mm -hmm. and a lot of fake news, could the director, once it is personified on somebody famous, um, is there a risk of that being misused and kind of like misconstruing? It is a very powerful tool and it will be a powerful tool when it's done that could be utilized for sure for a bunch of uh uh it could be used for some nefarious actions um our plan as a company where a uh we're we're have no plans to go direct to consumer we're really okay. a, a platform of what we call story as a service mm -hmm. and so how we plan is we we will bolt into existing companies who already have audience so we could plug into uh uh, in the ancestry.com that, mm. you know, people right now, you, you, you can, if you're lucky, you get pictures of your relatives, you know, but now we could, you know, offer through ancestry, they built to do many documentaries. We could go to Apple and those little cool videos that automates of your vacation. Well, now you could put interviews and a narrative to what that vacation was like. Right. And so there's, there's all these, um, uh, abilities to uh, do that. So uh, by doing that, we can help keep very much control. We're not planning on letting this unleash it on the wild. Yeah. But but it, but plugging it into existing platforms and customers that have basis to to you know leverage it to add more value to their customers. If you've been thinking to yourself, I wish I had a personal brand that was easy to articulate and really captured all that I do then look no further. Check out www.thebrandid.com today and sign up for a brand strategy session. We work with thought leaders, entrepreneurs, coaches, consultants, authors, and speakers all the time. And we've been doing this for nearly 15 years. We love the work we do and we would be so honored to help you uncover and define your personal brand. So check out www thebrandid.com today and sign up for your brand discovery session. You mentioned that you raised money. What was that like for you? And is that something you had done when you worked in the unscripted television world? Yeah. And 
no, never, never did it. We were self-funded. Our other production companies that we built up were all mm-hmm. internally done through through uh, the work we had done. Um, it was a brand new experience. Luckily, I had a, a phenomenal board of directors that we put together that very seasoned from that space. Mm. Um, our, our CFO was from the Valley and had extensive experience. So I had a great team around us. Um, it, it was actually a... Uh, uh, it, it was easier than I ever expected to raise capital. I think that's for two reasons. One is the time we were raising capital was a great time to be raising capital. Yeah. So we lucked, we lucked out in the window we were raising. And second was the nature of the product we were building really touched investors very mm-hmm. uh, personally because mm-hmm. um, the the thought of investors going, wow, we're building technology that can really help you know like everybody connected with it differently depending mm-hmm. on what their background was but I, I never left an investor pitch where they weren't telling us use cases that mm-hmm. that i'd never told them about you know like mm-hmm. whether we had thought of it or not already but but the, it, it touched them in a way because at the end of the day it's such a like helping people connect and capturing the stories like you know everybody just thought that oh man i wish i can't wait for this to be built i can't wait to get my yeah. parents or my i wish yes. i had this for this person and you know, the ability for relationships and marriages and like, mm-hmm. it, it, it's really powerful when, you know, it helps, you know, people connect. And as a side note, just, uh, uh, I think of all the people I interviewed, uh, I had a investor ask me, they said, how many hours do you think you did? And I if did the calculation, I stopped counting, but, uh, 50,000 hours I documented of real people's lives over my career. And of all that, that my most favorite interviews to do were couples mm. because, uh, there was something magical about having a couple sit down and interviewing them. And I always schedule extra time because people, especially couples that were married for 40 years, three, like long time, because they think they know each other really well. But we we naturally stop. We just are bad communicators. And, and the second we think we know somebody, we stop that, right? If you ever hear the thing, never, uh, how do you have a good long marriage? Never stop dating your spouse, right? Yeah. And and really what is dating dating is back in the day when you would sit across a table have a cocktail or whatever and you ask questions they'll tell me about this right and you get to know the person you share and and i think the thing that i always found fascinating was people all are people never stop evolving in our viewpoints what what scares us inspires us what motivates us is constantly changing but when you're in a relationship you stop asking those fundamental questions and 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 so when you do these interviews, like I, it, it, it was always fascinating because you would see this like chemistry rebuild again between mm. this couple. And it's not that they were in a, they didn't have to be in a bad place. Sometimes we're right. in a bad place, but sometimes, but you see that like, really, I didn't know. I, I didn't know that you were yeah, yeah. like, and they're just like, they rediscover people. So it's, it's a really powerful underlying technology that I think can be used for good. To your point, any technology for good always has ways people can twist it yeah just, so true yeah you, you just got to be careful and eyes wide open and try to you know put precautions in place to yeah them. so true so true how did you come up with the name orson mm. um <laughs> originally the name was capture okay and that's what our that's what our legal entity name is um and uh there was a, a a trademark issue uh and so we had it as a legal entity but we couldn't use it as the brand name and so the more we were developing and building the technology we realized that this the center of the secret sauce is really this director this automated ai director and we're like that's really the secret sauce of why this why you can do this and so then we started thinking about uh 
what you know like to what to call the director and the product and uh orson you know orson wells was yeah. the og of great directors and was sort of a fun you know interesting name to use to sort of personify what, what this platform does so. okay so funny because when i read orson earlier i was thinking orson wells is what came to mind because yeah. i've never heard the name orson before quite honestly yeah yeah exactly it's, it's a unique name that works and, and when you understand the director and the experience of it you you know it, it, it'll it makes more once you use the product you experience like okay i get the, mm -hmm. you know, the hook of it so. yeah 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 so what what has been the most difficult part of this startup for you wow uh a lot of things i'm a first-time founder so mm -hmm. i think coming from uh you know, there's good and bad in that, right? I, I was a seasoned business operator, mm -hmm. had led teams of, in the, we had hundreds and hundreds of employees. I, I had some things probably going for me that, you know, a kid out of Stanford didn't have going because I understood business and people and all these things. But um, it's a whole new other world doing tech and doing AI and all this. I would say uh, the technology piece of conquering that art to a science transition was extremely difficult still is extremely difficult um that's good and bad because it it's not something that's easy to uh, easy to replicate for anybody to come chase behind sure. us right because it's it, there's a lot of training and learning and data and and pains we had to go through um so i would say that was probably the biggest piece i think uh finding the right team mm -hmm. is always people are like the most critical uh that was a big piece. Uh, I wish I would have got my board sooner. I would highly recommend a good board that, um, you know, I, I didn't go the path of having uncles and friends and relatives on my board. Um, I like being challenged. I like, you know, and that I would highly recommend, like, yeah. get a super smart board that knows way more stuff than you do that's been there. And they're going to make your life difficult in a good way. Um, and so that was a big challenge, but a good one that I embraced and wanted. Um, but it comes with its own uh, set of things. I think uh, fundraising is difficult now. Like fundraising is, is definitely, it's a whole nother world. Anybody yeah. who's raising funds right now, Capital knows knows that. That's probably the biggest challenge I would say at the moment. Mm -hmm. Your board, is it people that you were linked to in other ways, even though they weren't relatives? Or were there, are there some people on there that you didn't know and just thought would be a good fit? And also how big is your board? Yeah, I have four people on our board uh, besides me. Um, none of them, uh, they all came through relationships uh, really from the investors. So okay. uh, one, one board member I knew uh, from a business relationship uh, and she was fantastic. And uh as we as we uh, were pitching this and the investors came in, there were certain investors that just had phenomenal backgrounds. Like we have uh, our chairman is he was him and Tim Cook and three other people mm -hmm. built the first laptop for IBM ever mm -hmm. that ever existed. <laughs> like like he he goes back into that path and had a great exit. We've got the technical co-founder of AWS, mm -hmm. um, Amazon Web Services, nice. and he. And say Andy Jassy, who's the current CEO. So he and Andy built AWS. Um, and Robert's an amazing platform person. Mm -hmm. uh, Penny Zuckerweiz is, is an incredible business operator. So like we've, we've, it just was like an interesting uh, through investors that 
It was like, oh, they just have a, they had a passion for what we were doing. They had an interesting skill set and background that just really helped push us to the next level and also mm-hmm. bring us talent. So the all our key talent that works for us came from companies like our AI ML guy came from the Amazon world okay. from Robert, you know, our, our CTO came from, you know, uh, from Carl. And so, you know, just yeah. it, they, they helped, they helped me tap into a network that I didn't have at the moment yes. and of really seasoned individuals that really brought an A team together quickly. So. Mm-hmm. That makes all the difference. Is mm-hmm. is a team distributed across the U S or is, are most people in the Florida area? Uh, yeah, we, we have two sort of hubs. We've got a hub here in winter garden, Florida, that is our story science team. That's mm-hmm. mainly the former TV people. We've got a group in the Triangle in North Carolina that is mainly our technical product team is based there. And then we've got some Silicon Valley, New York based, a few others are spread out, uh, some key people. But for the most part, uh, uh, North Carolina Rally and Orlando Winter Garden are the two main hubs that mm-hmm. the bulk of the team were had is works out of. And then we've got some distributed employees around. Okay. And how are you going to grow this brand? Actually, one of the biggest problems I forgot to mention uh was how uh where to start is the technology itself super powerful and yeah. it, it has a ton of use cases huge huge market opportunity and so where do you begin was honestly that that i would probably put as the number one a problem on the mm-hmm. list is where to start we needed a beachhead uh to to sort of focus on first we tested uh a bunch of different areas and uh we found that of all the life events that take place you know if you think about all the stories that you can capture and things um the the love story and specifically around weddings it's mm-hmm. it's the it's the it's the life event that people spend the most time energy yeah. resources money focusing on and, and spending on and that really has become our, an amazing beachhead for us that we we've, we've really found great product market fit in launching from um, and so we're starting there. Um, and then we've got, you know, it, we, we sort of life is like a series of stories and there's a bunch of verticals that go with all those stories from, uh, that, that we're going to expand into. So we're starting, uh, in the wedding love story space and, uh, we're going to be branching out from there to life documentation and life stories. And there's marketing components of this that can help creating user generated commercials and in really interesting ways that didn't exist before um graduate you know anniversaries yeah. birthday you know you, you can imagine all these different slivers but um but anywhere there's story which is sort of everywhere is where we're going to go to but we're, we're sort of doing vertical by vertical which by the way is part of the reason why we did this as a platform and b to b to x play is mm-hmm. because we knew if we were to bring this direct to consumer it we we would it would be a much slower rollout to bring this technology to people and humanity yeah. But if we did this as a B2BX, we didn't, we could just take this and plug it into the existing companies and verticals where there was already a customer base. They already knew what they needed. We yeah. can just help add new, new elements to their product and expand it for them. So, yeah. What does B2BX mean? The X part? B2, I know what the. Uh, yeah. Just meaning it could be B2B2C or B2B2B, right? Oh, so, okay. Yeah. D- d- you know, some of our Bs are. Consumer brand, consumer focus. Some of the bees can be business businesses. Yeah. You know. So on the love story side, could you d- explain that a little bit more yeah. in depth in terms of who's your B partner for that to roll yeah. it out to the C, right? Because that is yeah. going to be B to B to C, right? 
Yeah, for sure. Okay. So I'll t- uh, in that case, uh, we are selling to resellers. So there's platforms in the wedding industry, like Wedding mm-hmm. Wire, The Knot. There's there's yeah. these bigger yeah. platforms that service industry. And then there's a bunch of, of other uh, SMB small businesses that mm-hmm. are in that space too. So uh, selling to wedding planners and venues. Photographers. What's interesting is photographers, mm-hmm. uh, DJs, believe it or not, mm-hmm. has been uh, DJs and venues are probably the largest um, the biggest traction that's happening right now. Um, and, and so, uh, and what's, anyway, so th- they've been pulling that probably the most of all of all the categories. Um, and, and the, the cool thing about that product is, uh, in my, in the, the best analogy I can say from my past world is, uh, we did a couple studies and, uh, like 92% of people attending a wedding, uh, don't know the story of they, they they know very little about the couple yeah when you think about the people who attend a wedding only 50 percent of the people typically only know one person and and the only people who really know and are attached to the couple is really the immediate family the immediate immediate family and like the best friends of that group yeah. of the wedding party and so when you think about it if for us it'd be like uh if, if we produced a hundred million dollar rom-com and you only let people in the theater for the last five minutes, the ending. Yeah. And they, they like, if you watch when Harry met Sally and you just saw the ending scene and you, you didn't see the rest of the movie, you'd be like, I don't know exactly what's going on. This looks cute. I just can't tell what's happening. And weddings are sort of like that, like a ton of money is spent on this magical moment, but, but there's a, there's not as much attachment as you would think to what's happening there. And so we, the first product we had rolled out uh, is called love story. And it's mm-hmm. basically a five minute little or seven minute little mini documentary that tells the story of the couple. And uh, people are playing that like before the couple gets introduced in the reception and like, you oh, know, so cool. it's, it's an interesting way of doing it. And daddy, daughter, you know, all these little side mm-hmm. sort of episodes that spin off of that. So it's uh it's been a really, a very uh, cool way that that product has been pulled into that market and how it's been utilized. So. Is this the first market you're really selling into? Yeah, first market. Okay, yeah. good for you. Yeah, yeah. We t- we tested Life Story. We tested a few other uh, markets on the journey. We d- we created a mini documentary called Life Story. We created uh, ones for for a remote work environment, which has been oh, amazing, yeah. which is really great. So people, you know, people are working remote now, and how do they get to know each other in that chemistry? So we actually benefit from this the most because all of our employees, we do a it, before you come work for us, you watch the episode of your team. And so you watch, you get to know everybody prior. They watch your episodes. Your first days are our board. Before our first board meeting, we did one with the board. And they said they never want to do another board meeting without it because they didn't know each other. And it was like this amazing chemistry thing. And then we have a, a story strip we use internally called the weekly what's up. And before yeah. we do our all hands meeting on Friday, everybody, it's one question every week. And it asked them the video. We, it's, it's Orson. It interviews on one question and it edits it together with music. And we play that at the beginning of the Zoom call. And it's it's two minutes, super fun. But every week you learn and know something new that's really fun. So it's a really cool way of doing it. But, I but love yeah, that. so there's there's so many so many different ways it can be utilized. But uh, weddings was the one that uh, really resonated. Is the of all the options on the table, and there were a lot. That was the one that was jumping off the table. So. Mm-hmm. Do you know what your second vertical will be? I don't. Um, okay. it, it's too early to tell. There's there's yeah. uh, lots of interesting conversations happening, but um, we're really focused on getting getting that 
weddings and love relationship piece off the ground first. And mm-hmm. it, it, every, it, one thing I've learned is everything evolves so quickly. Everything mm-hmm. you think, you know, not to get too far ahead, like you have to have a big picture vision, but like this stuff evolves. Like if I told you we would have been at weddings a year ago, I, I would have never have guessed that, but mm-hmm. just sort of the data in the market sort of speaks to you and you you sort of follow the traction and, and, and it, it leads you. So I, I think there's a bunch of, a bunch of interesting options that are adjacent to that on the life um, life stories in general of all the things, but uh, we're gonna sort of wait and see. Mm-hmm. Interesting. How are you using, if if at all, uh, your personal brand to build this company? Uh, it's interesting. Um, I've been told not enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I've been told I need to do that a lot more. It's something I personally struggle with because I think there's an art form to people who who know how to share themselves in a way that doesn't feel like doing it in a way that's not braggadocious and not yeah. like, you know, like that is a very, it, the people who do it really well, like, Oh, I'm in awe of them. Like I, I have not cracked that code. I know I need to do better at that. Um, the only times my personal brand really comes in is when I have these one-on-one conversations of, of talking to investors and talking, you know, to you and other podcasts or media outlets where it just comes out in story form, you know? And so, right. uh, it's something I, I am horrible at. I don't do, and they need to do better. <laughs> Maybe you got to have, have Orson do some interviews with you and you could start putting those yeah. out on, on a, a social media that would be where most of your audience is, right? For sure. For sure. Actually, that could be a whole other use case, quite honestly. Uh, John, so many of our clients have the same the same challenge you do, right? Where they feel mm-hmm. like they're bragging and that's what they think personal branding is, but it's really not. It's just sharing your story, right? So, yeah. so we'll talk after the show about ways we could <laughs> we sure. can work I together. Would this would be super interesting. Super interesting. I would love it. Um, is your wife involved in this project? You mentioned you had your old production company together. She is, you know, as we got to four kids, we, we had to sort of reprioritize. So her, yes. her focus is she, she's responsible for building our production company. Our, we, we built a really fantastic, we built a few production companies, but I give her full, full credit for leading mm-hmm. the charge. She was the dynamo in, in, uh, and that piece of it. And, uh, and so this one, she's, uh, more in the backseat gets to focus on the kids and life, yeah. but she's still involved in, and contributes and helps in a lot of ways, but not so much on the front lines, like the TV side. Right. That's awesome. It's fun having a family business together too. For sure. For sure. Well, it's been great having you on. We'll keep an eye out for love stories, but where's the best place for people to find out more about you and about Orson? Yeah, uh, the love the love story shop dot com is okay. where our our wedding product is focused. So for anybody who's uh, uh, getting married or has it, to get check it out there. And then our corporate website is heyorson dot com, and that's mm-hmm. where our platform, you know, B two B product, B two B to C, B two B to B product is. That they could check us out there and contact us. Yeah, awesome. Thank you so much. Cool. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Business of You. If you found a little dose of inspiration or learned something new, please leave a review and share it with a friend or even two. Interested in building your brand and business? Tune in next time to The Business of You podcast. And remember, there's only one you. You're the biggest differentiator your business has. Until next time, friends. Friends.